Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. See so many new people. It's absolutely brilliant. And, and I'm following the footsteps of some great preaching and teaching. And if you've not been able to be, over the last, uh, be here over the last few weeks, I really encourage you to go onto the Arena website and look at the podcast. And listen, because some of the teaching I've found has been absolutely yes. brilliant. It's yeah. been fundamental. So the, the series was created with the hope of giving clarity yeah. uh, to what is it like to be around here? What, what does it mean to be a member of Arena Church? What does it mean to, to come to Arena Church? What does Arena Church stand for? What, what, what is it all about? And so we've been doing this teaching. What is expected of me? What is allowed? How do people behave? How am I expected to behave? What is unacceptable? What do we want? What is the culture? See, every home, every organisation has a culture. And this is either created by design or default. The leadership team, we know the importance of design. As a leadership team, we know the, 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 the importance of structure and of purpose and of vision. And it is my great pleasure and honour to share a few thoughts this morning about unity. Now, unity uh, is a word that very often is talked about, but we never really, I don't think, understand the depth of unity that we need to go to. And so I want to uh, share with you something that hopefully will get us to the, a, a better understanding into the depth of unity that we've perhaps never experienced before. Before that, I just want to pray. Lord God, would you just help me right now, Lord, to be able to impart something this morning about unity. I know it's so clear and so dear to your heart, Lord, unity. So, Lord, I just pray that you just blow away the dust of the day, the things of this week. Just enable us, Lord, for the next 30 minutes just to be able to concentrate on you and what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the definition of unity is oneness, where people sit, eat, talk, and love together, building bridges and mending fences. Brian Houston, who uh, many of you will know leads the Hillsong uh, Church, once said that a key to effective leadership is to deal with issues quickly. Unity's opposite is the ugliness of division. Now, I don't know about you, but over my 25, 30 years uh, Christian walk, I've been into different churches before. And you walk into a church and you don't always say, oh, there's nice unity here. Because you don't always recognise it. But you very quickly walk into a church and you do very often say, oh, there's disunity here. There's something just not quite right about this. You just begin to sense something. You begin to go in and you, and you spend a, a couple of times there and, and you begin to see that people are actually talking about people behind the back and... And that there's this tittle-tattle going on. And all of a sudden, it just don't sound to smell nice. You could just sense something. So disunity is very easy to pick up. And it's very easy to pick up whether you're in a church, whether you're in an organisation at work, or whether you're in a, a marriage relationship. You know when there's disunity there. It's a bit like the man and woman driving home. I mean, for a night out and... All of a sudden, the police car pulls in front of them, blue lights flashing. And he pulls up and the policeman gets out and goes to the driver of the car and says, excuse me, sir, I just noticed that you went through a red light. He said, oh, no, officer. Oh, no, not, no officer. I, I'd never drive through a red light. I, it, it was perhaps uh, on amber. But I, I would never drive through a red light. And his wife, in the passenger seat, looks at the officer and says, he did. He always drives through red lights. <laughs> I keep telling him. 
slow down, you're always going through red lights, one of these days you're going to cause an accident or you're going to get caught. And the man turns to his wife and says, will you shut up? And the officer said, yes, actually, sir, you were going a little bit fast. It's only 30 mile an hour. He said, oh, no, officer, I, I wasn't speeding. No, I, I never speed. I was only keeping up with the traffic in front. And his wife looks at the officer and says, he's always speeding. I'm always telling him to slow down. He never listens to me. He's always going too fast. He never keeps to the speed limit. And the husband says, will you shut up, you silly woman? Just keep your zipped. And the police officer says, well, actually, you've not got your seatbelt on. He said, oh, oh no, I did, I did, officer. I had my seatbelt on, but when you stopped me, I took it off then. His wife with a big sigh says, he never wears his seatbelt. I'm always telling him to put his seatbelt on. He never, ever wears his seatbelt. And the man's furious says, will you shut up, you stupid woman, you silly woman. I don't know why I married you. You're good for nothing. I just, oh, I hate you. You should wait till I get home. And the police officer says to the woman, excuse me, does your husband always talk to you like that? He said, oh, no, officer. Only when he's had far too much to drink. (laughs) You see, disunity. Disunity often leads to problems and bigger problems. So how is unity expressed in the life of Arena Church? It starts by welcoming A warm welcome extended to all by connecting. That's why our small groups play a vital role. You'll never get united in a way just by coming on a Sunday morning. You need to get into a small group, get plugged in. By including, we don't have any cliques here. We don't have people who just want to have a little party and exclude everybody else. We don't want that. We want everybody to be included. By facing issues when they arise. That's one of the great things that I really love about Arena Church. We've got a leadership team that will step in and sort problems out. They won't let things fester. I've been involved in churches before where things are just swept under the carpet until they become such a problem, everybody keeps tripping over them. We deal with it. Deal with issues now, straight away. We want to reflect an Acts 2 community where they were all of one accord. Psalm 133, hopefully it will come up on the screen. Psalm 133 says this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. What a great picture that is of Aaron being oil being poured down so thick it runs down his head onto his beard onto his garments and leaves a pool. And we know that there's a, we read the Bible, we know that the Holy Spirit is very often linked to the oil. So when we have the Holy Spirit just pouring down, oh, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just descend now. The Holy Spirit would just come down on our heads and it would just soak down into our clothing and that whenever we walk, we'd leave a presence of the Holy Spirit. That is unity. That is where God commands a blessing. In unity, we see joy, happiness and a peace. A good atmosphere are resident in a house where there is unity. So in living a life of unity, this is what it means to Arena Church. We will honour each other with our words. 
We must always make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Ephesians 4.3. It literally means to be diligent, to sweat at it, to work at it. Unity doesn't come automatically. We have to choose to work at it. We will work for unity, not against it. We'll work out our unity practically. If you have a problem with me, then come and see me in private and we'll discuss it. If I have a problem with you, I'll do the same. I'll come and see you in private and discuss it. We won't discuss things in the foyer of the church for everybody to see and for everybody to hear. If somebody else has a problem with me, you tell them to come and see me. And I'll do the same for you. That's how we deal with problems. That is all about unity. We will celebrate each other's diversities. We want unity, not uniformity. We do not want to reproduce clones of Christian, no matter how great he is. And he's a great guy, and I love the guy. But we don't want clones. We want everybody to be like Christian, or everybody to be like Julie, or everybody to be like me, or everybody... We want diversity. We want to celebrate the diversity of gifts, diversity of backgrounds, personalities, characteristics. Diversity always works best in unity with others. We don't want mavericks. We don't want Lone Ranger. We want people to work together using all their gifting in unity. We will be open in our relationships. No cliques. We'll be careful with our words, attitudes and actions to others. And if we get it wrong, we'll be swift to say, I got it wrong, I'm sorry. We choose not to harbour grudges. We choose to say sorry. We don't want to harbour grudges for months and months and years until they become mountains of bitterness and resistance. We want to deal with it straight away. We'll put aside differences to work together. Some of the things that we talk about in elders, I don't always agree with, but I know that it's for a better good. So I'll put aside my differences and, yeah, let's get behind it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it because I want to preserve that unity. It doesn't mean I don't have my say. We'll put aside our differences because we realise it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about God. We choose to work together to see God's kingdom become more and more established in our community. We recognise from Psalm 133 that unity is the landing pad for God to release his commanded blessing. And that is what we want to pursue. Who doesn't want that? I believe we need to understand that there's a depth of unity that is more than just surface getting on with each other. There's a depth of unity that is better than Oh, yeah, yeah, I get on all right with him. I won't use one holiday with him, but I get on all right with him. There's something more deeper. The devil, Satan, the enemy, hates unity. He hates it when people of God come together and put their petty differences to one side and do God's work. Ignatius of Antioch was born about five years or so after Jesus was crucified, and he later became the bishop of Antioch. He was certainly one of the most prominent Christians of the time, immediately succeeding the apostles. He denounced the vision as the beginning of evil, and he wrote this. Take heed then, often to come together to give thanks to God and show forth his praise. For when you assemble frequently in the same place, the powers of Satan are destroyed and the destruction at which he aims is prevented by the unity of your faith. 
the Bishop of Antioch, all those thousands of years ago, saw the importance of unity. I want to share something with you because I believe we are in a battle. We're on a battle for our families, for our church, for our church leaders, for our communities. We need to be united more now than ever before. And I believe we can go to a depth of unity that not only make a difference in our lives, but make a real difference in our communities. So to explain how I believe we can go deeper into unity, I'm going to take an example of something that I was taught as a police officer. I've been a police officer for over 40 years, still work for the police as a civilian. But many years ago, I I was trained in public order events. And I want to use something that I was trained in. Now, please don't start saying, oh, he's not preaching from the Bible. He's a heretic. Let's burn him at the stake. I just want to use this as an example. And then I'm going to use it so that you can have a, a, a physical picture. But I'm going to put a spiritual connotation to it. And then afterwards, I will put some meat on the bones, as it were, using the word of God. Okay, so I believe that this, this picture that I'm going to give you uh, exemplifies many kingdom dynamics and principles. So please understand, I don't want you to switch it off, I want you to get engaged. But I've asked for some volunteers, so I would the volunteers just come out, and I'll tell you what, it might be better if you actually come on stage. Let me just move. Right, okay there, yep. Yeah. Just come up here, Emmy. Yeah. You stand there in the middle. Team. You stand. Uh, you can start at the far end. Adam, would you mind coming over here? That's brilliant. Now, can you just stand, if you've got enough space, just to spread out so you've got like, arms width behind you? Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, that's far enough. Right. So can you imagine, these are police officers, so put your arms behind your back. Bend your knees and go, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> These, the, can you imagine that these are police officers on ceremonial duty? So perhaps a visit from, from the Queen or something like that. The Queen visit. And they're stood there looking for evidence of hostility. Can you see any hostility? Actually, what? Yeah, yeah, right. So they're looking in case there's going to be an attack so that they can respond to it. Now imagine... In a spiritual sense, if this was a church, a church that worshipped together, a church that met together, they get on okay. People find it easy to enter this church because nothing is really expected of them initially and they get their needs met, but there's no real growth, no real discipleship because they don't get too involved. The more committed ones uh, may even say that they are united Uh, But in reality, all they're doing is standing in their own separate space, in their own personal experiences. They are not really united. And I would would argue that although they are facing the potential enemy, they are not really aware of his tactics. They have perhaps heard preaching about standing in the gap from Nehemiah. And some of them would actually say, well, yeah, I am standing in the gap. And by the look of this church, there's plenty of gaps They're waiting for a a full frontal assault so they can alert the pastor or the leadership team to deal with it. And what happens is the pastor hears a phone call. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. No, no, I know know you're not very happy in church, but but please don't go because your tithe means so much to me. Uh, And and 
And yes, of course, we'll put some hymns. We'll put some hymns in the church. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, of course. Please, please. Uh, yeah, I know you've not been very well. I'll pray for you. And your tithe is very important as well. Uh, but, uh, and of course, yes, hill songs. We'll get some hill songs in as well. And oh, I, I know you've not been very well. And, I, and I'm sorry I'm not sent flowers, but I haven't had time because I've been doing this. And I am sorry. And I, It's just fire brigade pastoring. Just flitting from one situation one extinguishing the darts of the fiery one to the next and whilst the pastor is doing that there is never any time for him to sit down get in the presence of God work out the purpose of the church work out the direction of the church and work out the vision for the church and we know what happens when there's no vision and whilst they're waiting for a full frontal attack the enemy just sidles in he just sneaks in between the gaps (laughs) And he starts whispering, the father of lies. <laughs> so uh, why are you in this church? <laughs> you don't really know anybody, do you? <laughs> they never invited you around for a coffee or anything. Would they even know that you're missing? <laughs> i tell you something, if you didn't come for a couple of weeks, would they even know the difference? That's kind of church. There's no love in this church, mate. What are you doing in this church? Oh, yeah. And sadly, that's what happens. Oh... So the gap gets wider because they have to fill in that gap. And the gaps get wider. And all of a sudden the church is starting to diminish. The church, where there's no vision, the church perishes. The enemy wins again. The church goes into lockdown, into meltdown, and very often closes. Or you might get a new young preacher come along and say, come on, guys, I believe in unity. Link your arms together. Link your arms together. Come on, guys, get closer. Link your arms together. We believe in unity in this church. So can you imagine, in the physical, these are police officers on crowd control, where it's not a violent protest, but it's perhaps those of us of a certain age would remember the Beatles and would remember David... Do you know David Cassidy? You've heard, of, you've heard of Beatle, but you've never heard of David Cassidy. Justin Bieber, you've heard of Justin Bieber, haven't you? Yeah. Can you imagine, can you remember the, the black and white television programmes where they saw the Beatles and all the girls were screaming and all the girls were trying to push through the police lines and the police lines were just holding the screaming kids back. Can you imagine if this, in a spiritual sense, is a church? This church believes in unity. It prays for revival in the community. And it may have a mother and toddler group. It may put on light meals for the elderly or food bank. It prays for revival, but the church has become so static, so program driven, it believes that all the events it's going to put on, that the community is expected to come to them rather than them go out into the community. And this church may have experienced a real move of God in its time. But they still talk about it. Oh, oh, can you remember when the spirit fell? Back in 1983. Oh, can you remember? Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it, Marge? Oh, it was, yeah. Oh, I was slain in the spirit for hours. Oh, I remember. And they're still talking about something that happened 25 years ago and never moved forward. Have never moved forward into the things that God has for them. They become static. Now, I want to show you something that I believe that will happen in this church. Because it's become static, because it's got its back to the enemy, 
and it feels the pressure at times, the enemy changes its tactics because it focuses all its attack on somebody prominent. It might be a worship leader. It might be a youth leader. It might be somebody prominent in the church. And so he focuses his attack on this one person. And as in the physical, if a broken arm is broken, so in the spiritual, all hell breaks loose. The church is split. The church is divided. Some people say, oh, well, the pastor, the leadership didn't look after the people enough. Other people say, yes, it was their fault. And all of a sudden, we've got a church again, divided and split by attack of the enemy because they didn't know what they were facing. Can you just link your arms together again, please? So I want to show you an example of how I believe we can move into a deeper level of understanding. Everybody, just drop your arms and face towards the exit. So you're facing that way. So with your right arm, you put it around the waist of the person in front. So that means that you've got your left arm free. Yes? So this, if you just get closer. See, we, this is one thing that we, we really need to understand about small groups. It's embarrassing getting close like this. <laughs> Especially on stage in front of people. Some of these people don't know each other. Ooh. And you have to put your arm around them. So it gets embarrassing. That's what happens in church. When you're in small groups, you get through that embarrassment. You get to know one another. You get to know one another's weaknesses and one another's strengths. Now, this is a position of strength. This is a, there's no gaps here where the enemy can get through. Because the enemy might say, well, look, in the physical world, I might attack this person here because they're getting on in years now. And, and they may not be as... They, they may not be as strong as they once were or as agile as they once were. So in the physical, I might fancy my chances against this person rather than this vibrant, strong, healthy young person. But in the spiritual world, in the spiritual world, what happens is, in the spiritual world, this is my person I'm going to attack because this person here has not got the maturity, the spiritual maturity with, to withhold an attack. I'm not going to tangle with this person. I know this person's got camel knees <laughs> because she spent so many hours in prayer. This person is on her knees in prayer, praying for her family, praying for the church. This, this person is, a, is a, a foe to contend with because she knows who she is in Christ. She knows the word of God. She stands on the word of God. She believes in the word of God. So I'm not going to attack her, so I'm going to attack her. But what happens is this. Because they've got their, their arm free, as I go to attack her, what happens is she pulls me out of the way. She pushes me out of the way. And, we pu- and so we go down the line. Everybody pushes me out of the way, out of the way, out of the way. And that's what unity is all about. It's being able to stand together. Can you imagine this picture? Now, I've been in this situation and it's called trudging and wedging, where you make a wedge, you make an arrow formation. And there were four guys this deep, and then another four guys the other side, making an arrow formation. And the superintendent was in charge. He was in the middle. He was here. He was protected from attack, but he gave the direction using his experience of where the arrow formation was going to go to. 
So this is it, guys. We're heading over there. We're going to go through that. And I've been through it in, in, a, in a physical situation. We've gone through a crowd of 2,000, 3,000, like a butter through knife. Because we were united. We were in a strong position. No feeling of isolation here. You feel strong because you are protected. You are together in this. And can you imagine being equipped with all the armour? Oh, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the shield of the faith, the sword of the spirit. And saying, come on then. Come on then, Satan. If you want our leaders, if you want our leaders, you've got to come through us first. If you want our wives and children, you've got to come through us first. If you want the homeless and the destitute, you've got to come through us first. Because we are standing together, united in the purposes of God. And we're going to use scripture. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, a church. A church united. But then it gets better. Because we're going to start moving. We're going to start moving now. So what you have to do, guys, with your right foot... You move it one pace forward and you slide your left foot in. One pace forward, slide. One pace forward, slide. Why you slide is because there's going to be debris. There's going to be bricks thrown at you. There's going to be bottles thrown at you. There's going to be all kinds of broken and shattered dreams. So you don't have to pick your feet up and trip over. You just trudge through it. And we're going to say, yeah, we're going to go into it. But we're going to go into the enemy's camp. We're going to go and take back that which has been stolen from us. We're going to go into the enemy's camp and take back all our children. We're going to go into the enemy's camp and we're going to take back. We're not going to remain static. We're going to go on the, on the attack. We're going to go into the enemy's camp. So guys, off you go with the right foot. Just lead out through the door. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. Thanks, guys. You can sit down now, guys. Thank you. So when we put aside our petty differences of opinion, when we are united together, when there's a passion and energy that stands together, the passion and energy of the youth with the wisdom and the experience of the more mature, undefeatable, the enemy trembles. He doesn't want us to be united so being united together like this will become far more effective. A church united by purpose, mobilised by vision, motivated by compassion. The church praising God moves into the enemy camp and takes back that which was stolen. I can almost guarantee you now that one or two of you will start being whispered to by the father of life saying, you could never do that. <laughs> you could never be as united as that. Because you don't know the Bible. Oh, you don't know how to pray. Well, let me tell you, the good news is you don't need to. Because there are people here in Arena Church who want to help you be so united in your journey of knowledge of God. That's why we believe in (laughs) know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. We've not just picked that out of a hat. (laughs) It's something that we passionately believe in. And we know that if you come on board with this, if you say, yeah, I want to be united and get anchored in, there are people alongside you who will help you on your journey. You don't need to know everything. We will show you. There are people beside you who are willing to help you. So I want to give you just something to think about. You have to be intentional if you're looking for help. So we put the growth track on. 
Some people don't go, oh, I can't be bothered, I don't really know what it's about. I can't. Be intentional. Go. Find out what it's about. Get plugged in. Get anchored in. To be united, we need to walk in unity together. You'll never get over that initial shyness or embarrassment if you don't get anchored in. I want to give you three things. Time's running out very quickly. I want to give you three things to think about. I'm going to read from Philippians 4, 1 to 7. Verses 4, 1 to 7. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, dear, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who laboured with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Unity is vital in breakthrough. There was obviously something going on between two ladies in the church. And let me tell you, there normally is. <laughs> and I don't say that sarcastically or meaning to, har- uh, meaning to harm anybody. But you show me a church where there's no disagreement and I'll show you a church without any passion without any vision you show me a church where there is disagreement but people are willing to work at being united I'll show you a church that is passionate about the lost that is passionate about saving people that is passionate about the things that God has asked them to do working together in unity yeah disagreements yeah if there's never any disagreements we're doing something wrong but it's how you handle those disagreements. It's how you deal with those disagreements. Paul knew the hurt caused by misunderstandings. He had a personal experience of it. His stubbornness had caused a break with his close friend Barnabas. And it took a while before it was resolved. But it was resolved. And Paul in this letter doesn't condemn these two ladies who found themselves at odds with each other. He didn't say, grab them by the scruff of the neck and say, pull yourself together, ladies. No, he pleads with them that they be of the same mind. And he asked the church to help them. That's why small groups are so important. That's why unity is so important. When we come together in unity, we need to be lion-hearted against the enemy. Oh, we need to be violent against the enemy. We need to be aggressive in prayer and papal violence in prayer against the enemy. But towards each other, we need to choose to be like lambs, humble, thoughtful, understanding, understanding the other person's point of view, being gentle, fruit of the Spirit. You know, sometimes it's okay to have differences. We know it's how you deal with it. It's like uh, somebody gave me a picture of, it, of, of like driving down the M25, you know, the circular orbital route around London. Four lanes of traffic. You try driving down there at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. You don't drive very fast. Four lanes all go in the same direction. Different speed lanes. You have the slow lane, <laughs> the medium lane, <laughs> and then you have the fast lane. Now, why anybody wants to drive in the slow lane, I don't, I don't personally know, but I know some people do. But they're all going in one direction. There's problems caused, isn't there, if you start driving in the other direction. It's like that, that, that lady who's listening to the news broadcast on the radio. She's cooking the dinner. And it says, warning, there's somebody driving down the motorway the wrong way. So she quickly phones her husband, hands-free, of course, and says, darling, just be careful. I've just had a news report. There's somebody driving down the motorway the wrong way. To which he replies, there's not just one, there's hundreds of them. (laughs) 
So if you are going against the flow, as it were, in Arena Church, then just stop. Just think, why is everybody else going this way and I'm the only one going that way? Just stop and just think, turn around. Choose to make a difference. Unity, not uniformity, is vital if you're going to make a difference. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Because the Lord, God, is at hand. I think that is really significant that Paul, just after mentioning the conflict between two women, says rejoice in the Lord always. (laughs) We all find it reasonably easy to rejoice in the Lord when things are going well for us, but not so things when things are going bad for us. Let me just give you an example. A bit like Roy Walk on catchphrase. What do you see? Sorry, shout out. A dot. Okay, most people would say that they see a dot. Nobody says, oh, I see the vastness of the white page. See, we focus on our problems, but we never focus on the vastness of a God that loves us. We never focus on a God that has so much to give us. We never focus on the, the vastness of his grace and of his mercy, of his compassion, of his love. We just focus on the problems that we face and not on the great resources that God has got available to us. So to live in unity, we need to keep focused on Christ, what Jesus Christ did for us. Oh yeah, you may have got bad news. I'm not, I'm not please, I'm not diminishing what, what you're going through at present. Some heartbreaking situations. But if you focus on those, all you'll do is just get more heartbroken. But when you focus on Christ... When you say, yeah, I may be going through this tough time, but I am aware of the vastness of God's love. I'm aware of the sources of God's grace and mercy. It changes our focus. Unity, focus, and lastly, the presence of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests, your prayers, be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We can have great plans and great ambitions. We can train ourselves so we can quote the Bible. We can buy buildings and hold meetings, but unless Christ is at the centre, unless God's presence is here, what it is all about. People say, well, I can get unity at, uh, at the bowls club. I get, I get fellowship and friendship at my golf club. And that might be true. Whatever kind of club where you enjoy friendship and fellowship and look out for one another. But as Christians, as the church, we should expect something more, something deeper. We should see evidence of the fruit of the Spirit working amongst us. When we go through anxious times, and we often do, sometimes we find it difficult to talk about it. We don't often have anybody to talk about it. And very often we have a sense of powerless. This is when we need to even more become together in unity, focused on God, not our circumstances. Would the magicians please? Magicians. (laughs) 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 Would the musicians? Would the musicians? Well, I'll tell you something. They are magic, aren't they? Come on, guys. They are magic. 
I just want to share this, this last story with you. Because time's over. Bethany Hamilton Dirks, you may never have heard of her, was born in February 1990. She was an American professional surfer. She won many competitions. In 2003, she was surfing when a shark attack happened. And it actually bit her left arm off. But she didn't give in. She ultimately returned to and was victorious in, in the professional surfing circuit. And she wrote about her experience in the 2004 autobiography, Soul Surfer, a true story of faith, family, and fighting to get back on the board. In April 2011, the feature film Soul Surfer was released. And she says this. When I was about five, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And since then, it's been a stronghold in my life. Really, through the shark attack and all the hard times that my family and I went through, it gave us unity and perseverance to push through all this crazy stuff that we never knew was going to happen. See, Bethany faced life-changing stuff. We don't know what is going to happen next in our lives, what hurdles and what problems we are likely to face. So why does the peace of God surpass all understanding? Well, it's because when we keep focused on God, when we place our problems in His hands and begin to realize how great, how big our God is, then even through our circumstances, they may not even appear to have changed that much. We just know that we know that we know that He is faithful. He will never leave us or forsake us. And so our perspective changes. And whilst we still have to walk through dark times, we know that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, is at our side, walking through us. of the spirit and the bond of peace this morning let me just finish with a question and a challenge are we a people that belong to a church that want to walk together in unity are we willing to put aside our petty differences and work together to see the kingdom of God come the kingdom of God in Ilkeston the kingdom of God being established in Mansfield and along the M1 corridor. If we are that kind of people, then we need to get united. United in purpose, mobilized by vision, motivated by passion, so we can take this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there may be one or two people here this morning who have never, ever been in a situation where they have felt secure, where they have felt anchored in, where they have felt part of something. You may have been a loner all your life. People may have said things over your life to say, you'll never fit in. It's a lie of the enemy. It is a lie of the enemy. I just wonder if you just bow your heads just, just for a few moments. So I want to pray this morning that if you are that person who's always felt an outsider 
So this morning, God is calling you into his family. He's saying, I care for you. He's saying, I will love you. He's saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. And at Arena Church, we want to help you go on a journey of discovery, of finding out what it is to know God, what it means to find freedom, to discover your purpose, why were you placed on this earth, and to make a difference in the community that you live in. So this morning, if you've never had an opportunity to say, God, yeah, I want to give this a go. I, I want to try and I want to experience this unity. I want to give my life over to you because <laughs> I've made a mess of it so far. And all I'm going to ask you to do is, in a moment, just to put your hand up, just so that I can see it. Nobody else is looking. Then I will pray with you. I know there are people after the service who want to pray with you as well. So if you're going through a dark time, if you're feeling isolated, then come forward for prayer after the service. There are people there who are willing to pray for you. That's what Arena Church is all about. So this morning, if you want to say, yes, God, Jesus, I want to go on this journey, just raise your hand now. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? If anybody wants to raise a hand now, thank you. Just say, yeah, I want to go on this journey. It's an incredible, life-changing journey. I want to be united. I want to be plugged in. I want to be together in something that is so great. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that over the next couple of days, over the next couple of weeks, we will be united more than ever before. In Jesus' name.